Kia ora koutou and welcome to Alice's Soapbox, where we're getting loud for women in sports. Today we are talking cycling and so it is my pleasure to bring you a kōrero with Elise Andrews. Elise has already won medals at the Olympics and Commonwealth Games, but she talks about the difference of heading into this one with a target on her back. We also talk to her about overcoming hurdles, about finding flow, and she explains to me all about her mate Kieran. So, let us begin. Where are you from? I um I always find this question really interesting because I feel like I'm from all over the show. Um, so I think my best answer to this is the South Island. I fuck up up to Kaitahu, so my my ancestry is of the South Island. Um, but I grew up in Wanaka, uh, born in Christchurch, um, and I've lived in the North Island since I was sixteen. But the South Island, I think, is where feels like most home where that's where my heart is I think for sure and because you backed there eh? yeah um okay and the next question for you is now why so who are you of um I I am my family you know I'm everyone who comes before me and I think that's really special to think of it like that especially with for me I I look up to all of the all of the women in my family and obviously the men as well but you know I've come from the woman of my family um I'm lucky to have such such an amazing and and big family, my great grandmas, both of my great grandmas are still alive um, today, and so uh, one of them just had a birthday the other day. You know, ninety seven years old. So you know, I am of all of these strong women um, and men of my of my family. Fantastic, ninety seven. Holy yeah. Heck. Um, and then the last question for you, my friend, is Ma Waikwe. For whom do you exist? Mm. I exist for everyone who loves me, um, and I exist for myself. I think um, that's probably the best way, best way to put it, and that extends from family as well. You know, that's all of my connections and all of my friends, um, and my loved ones in every sort of area of my life. So, I exist, I exist for them and myself. Beautiful to say yourself in that answer. Can <laughs> I just say because yeah. um, there has <laughs> to be a real love for self that says I'm good enough. I'm going to put in this is me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely, for sure. It's important. Have you always um, had that confidence in self or has that come more recently? I, I really feel like sport has brought out sort of my, my true self, if that makes sense. And no, I haven't had always that confidence in myself. And I think I was I was definitely quite quiet and shy in sort of bigger situations, more public situations as a kid. Um, that made me really, really nervous. And, um, you know, I used to get little sore tummies and, you know, all those little signs of nerves. Um, as a sprinter I I sort of well I came from endurance to sprint in in sort of track cycling when I was about 19 years old so I had a bit of a switch there and with that sort of physical switch and and team and training and all of that came a mental switch as well and that was actually really really challenging for me because I sort of came from myself that was a bit more sort of a bit more gentle you know all of my sort of key race day words were around relaxation pacing myself you know consistency all that kind of stuff that comes along with a more sort of endurance approach to things whereas as a sprinter you actually have to be absolutely ruthless and you have to have that mental switch to be able to just absolutely kill it and um I think that was a that was a really really scary switch to me to actually realize that I have to be really really feisty with it um on the track and um mentally that's that's quite hard um 
And sprinting has definitely been one of those things that has helped me evolve that because I feel like I'm much more confident and probably age as well, but much more confident in my sort of personal self as well off the track. So, you know, it's it's such an awesome journey that we're on with sport. Um, and it's one that sort of allows you to really get to know yourself in such a deep and meaningful way. Um, definitely. And that there is a, um, you know, there is Elise on the racetrack and then there's Elise at home. Oh, yeah. And- and that these are all different kind of facets of yourself and mm. that these these different spaces allow you to explore those different yep. versions, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm very happy with my journey, you know, happy where it's landed me now. Okay, we're talking cycling this week, right? And so this is a world that many of us had, had experienced, I guess, as, um, you know, New Zealand is watching. It's always an exciting part for us at the big ticket events, whether that's Olympics or mm. Commonwealth Games. But it's maybe not something that we understand a lot in terms of like how you get there. Because, yep. you know, we understand riding around our neighborhoods, uh, going to the dairy on the bike. Yeah. But then how do you end up being in velodromes? Talk yep. us through that process. Yeah, cycling um, it's in my blood and I've ridden sort of my whole life um, with, I don't know, the intention of having fun or, you know, going on a family ride or for transport or with friends and that kind of stuff. Um, I was a very, very sporty kid. I loved so many different sports um and one of them was mountain biking and so living in um Wanaka we were we were so privileged to be in such a gorgeous place and um and one that has so many amazing mountain biking trails so I used to go out with my family and and um and ride quite a bit the switch came when my dad who is who's a coach who's an ex-track sprinter um sort of recognized that I had a bit of power on the bike and we went down for a bit of fun fun riding on the track um I really enjoyed it and I think that came from me just whacking it in a massive gear and, and trying to sprint him um which was so fun like I absolutely love doing that and I still love doing that and I got invited back for some racing which I also really enjoyed so yeah it was it was a really awesome journey um getting into the sport but it was I guess a bit of a long one sort of balancing those other sports that I love as well so even though I started riding sort of 14 years old, it wasn't until I was about 16 that I committed fully and dropped all my other sports. I mean, I feel like that's about right. You wouldn't yeah. want like, you're still a kid. 16 is still a little yeah. baby, really, yeah. you know? Yeah, you don't 100%. want to be pushing people too hard, too young. No. But no. at that point, is that when you moved up to, you know, cycle capital of New Zealand, Cambridge? Yeah, yeah. So I moved when I was 16 to Cambridge um, for a few reasons. One being school. That was a, a, just an opportunity to take take a scholarship at St. Peter's and um, get two years of education there. Um, obviously, I was right next to the track. Um, my dad got a great job. My mum got a job. Um, and my younger sibling, Eddie, um, you know, started going to the school as well, which was really, really great for him too. So, um, yeah, yeah. Just a, a ver- variety of, of reasons why we ended up here. But yeah, cycling was definitely one of them. A big advantage to be able to bring your whānau with you, because that can be, I guess, my concern about the way in which we centralise, is a lot of the time yeah. we are getting young people to move and not necessarily mm. be able to bring that support system with them. Yeah, for sure. Um, I was very, very lucky that it that it worked for the family um, and that they did come with me. It would have been really difficult to do that without them, I think, you know, looking back, it's quite scary. Like if I'd gone to boarding school, say in the North Island, my family's in Wanaka, um, I essentially am leaving home at 16 years old. So I definitely think um, the most important thing is that you're with the people that you love and you're with your support network. And so wherever that sort of 
that ends up being um, that's the most important thing. Can I talk to you a little bit about that around how we're keeping people safe? Because yep. obviously, um, yeah, like I say, that that movement, that isolation, but also the ages yep. in which our high performance, you know, talent is identified and then yep. put into these programs. Yeah. You know, we've, we've seen good examples of it, obviously mm-hmm. yourself being one. We've also yep. seen bad examples of it, right, with yep. a, a teammate of yours that yep. we've lost. You know, what are, from your experience, I guess, are, are the pieces the, that you think need to come into place to make sure that we are looking after people? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think, you know, again, like it, it is that support network. Um, I think also, you know, realising that it's not, it's not something that needs to be done. You don't need to move when you are 17 or 18 years old. Um, it actually, in cycling, doesn't happen a whole lot um anymore it's sort of it's sort it's sort of more gone towards the um the development with potentially the help of Cycling New Zealand but it's not bringing them into the program at 18 years old so I guess it's case by case basis um for me I wouldn't change a thing I I loved my my pathway but again I was really lucky to have that support so it's just creating creating that um that network and that real community around the athletes who do choose to make that move and also, like you're saying, allowing that flexibility, right? Yeah. And I think that that's the really hard thing because obviously that's the forever tension within yeah. these high-performance spaces is that on the one side there is obviously a drive for results and with results comes a level of uniformity and delivery that they're going to want to put out there. But then on the other side is, okay, but what about all the beautiful talent that might not mm. fit that exact mould? And yeah. so it's that balance, right? Yeah. Yeah, one thing I would encourage and one thing that I've seen some of my teammates do, for example, is come to uni and going into the halls and making some really awesome friends there outside of your support. Uh, sorry, sport. Um, I think that's a really awesome way to sort of put yourself near the environment and give yourself a great chance with racing experience, um, you know, ability to actually ride and train on the track. Um, but there's just more than one purpose and, and more than one goal of why that why why you're there. Yeah, it's so important to have uh, more baskets that you're putting these eggs into because yeah. as as you were well aware, Elise, these things can change really quick. Yeah. We, we, we were due to have a conversation and then we took a tumble. You yeah, know, exactly. like, so yeah. we've got to have, yeah. have all of that around you. How are you tracking at the moment? How is the body going? Um, yeah, really well. I um, yeah took a fall almost two weeks ago um, in Adelaide, which was – a bit unfortunate, but it, it's just racing, you know, things happen. So I think just moving forward, um, you know, every day has been better than the last. And so I've been really, really lucky in that, especially with the knock to the head, because I think those those knocks to the head are, are really um, unpredictable. And it's really important to make sure that they are treated right. And so, yeah, I've been lucky in that. It has has been really good um, and, and straightforward so far. Um, with the collarbone, I'm going to get another x-ray next week. So hopefully we'll be able to see a bit of progress um, in that side of things then. But it's it's feeling better. Um, I got back on the stationary uh, Wahoo trainer today for 15 minutes. So that was a bit of a win. Um, <laughs> and we're just kind of going to go from there. But, you know, I'm, I'm feeling positive about it. You love a setback, though, because looking <laughs> at things like in the lead up to your beautiful Commonwealth Games run. You contracted COVID as well, right? Yes, I did. Um, I love a good setback. It, I feel like it really like brings me out. Um, but yeah, for sure. I, I got COVID um, after a, a competition in Colombia. 
Um, we travelled to Switzerland for our final Commonwealth Games prep and I think it was the day that we arrived there. I started feeling a bit iffy and I tested positive for COVID. At that point, you know, we were really, really obviously trying to protect the rest of the team. So I was just in my room. It was supposed to be for a week and then I was still testing positive and, um, and having a few symptoms. So I think it ended up being 10 days in my room in Switzerland, <laughs> hanging out. Um, and then I might have had one track session in Switzerland before we then travelled to um, London, which is where the track cycling was for the Commonwealth Games, which was great. But then we did run into another complication. I got to the hotel, had dinner, um, went to bed. Site New Zealand was really happy with me being around the other athletes because I was completely fine by that point. I was just testing positive. Um, And then in the morning, I got told that I wasn't allowed to be with all the other athletes and I got locked in another room um, and I missed my first training session in London um, because I was locked in a room and all the doctors are calling around all the other doctors trying to get me out of this room. Yeah, so that was a bit of a setback um, as well. So I think I probably had maybe one session on the track um, in London before racing and I honestly just had to put it out of my mind and forget that that two weeks even happened in the first place. Love a good, a good wee rest period. So I think you just got to look at the positives in those kind of situations and, and deal with it, really. It's a fascinating thing, that alone time. So during, um, you know, the lockdowns that happened here in New Zealand, I was in, I lived alone at the time. So mm. I was by myself for that six weeks period. Yeah. And it was wild. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you go weird spaces, man, in yeah. your head. Like, yeah. But but then at the same time, I fully believe on the other side of that, like there was a level of stillness that I came to from all of that time alone. Mm. Yeah. 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 I wonder if that was the same for you. Oh, I feel exactly the same about the first lockdown that we were in in 2020. You know, I'd, I'd sort of had a bit of a scattered period of time before that. Um, it had been really busy. I'd been away racing. But the lockdown um, pre Commonwealth Games I definitely was a bit I don't know like it's so hard being by yourself um I'm definitely I I enjoy my alone time for sure so I would have liked some of it um I I think but I think when you're sick and you're alone and you know someone's bringing your food to your door and you can't choose what you're eating and all that kind of stuff I think that that's all really tough and then like I say, you go out and you absolutely smash it. And you you compete in like several different things. So again, from like my rudimentary Googling and yeah. understanding different different bike races. So there is sprint in terms of like your traditional cycle sprint. Yep. Then there is team sprint, which kind of yep. looks like a relay, I guess. Yeah. And then yep. there's the is it Karen? How do Karen. I say that? Karen. Karen, that's right. Which is the third one, which from, again, my Googling, I found out was originally invented in Japan for gambling purposes. Yes, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then now, and interestingly enough, was introduced at the Olympic Games the year, like, that you were born. Well, yeah, nice. just like, you were born just in time for this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm here. <laughs> They're like, there yeah. will be a, a yeah. New Zealander born for whom yeah. this game, yeah. and they introduced it just for you. Um, yeah. So talk me through, like, these three, I guess, in terms of yeah. do you, you must approach each of these races differently, right? Yeah, 100%. Um, the team sprint at the Commonwealth Games was the first one. So I think the best way to describe it is the relay, actually. So each rider 
one, two, and three line up across the track, um, and there's a countdown, and we go on. You know, when the gate releases, we go, um, and the timer starts from that point. So the the role of the first rider is to get the team up to speed, essentially. So that person is usually, you know, extremely snappy, extremely powerful. Um, you know, they need to be the team needs that to get to get them to the um the highest speed possible. The role of the second rider is to continue accelerating. Um, and do the fastest second lap so they're usually quite a fast twitch um, rider as well and the role of the third rider is to basically hang on and lose as little time as possible Um, yeah so it's a real combination of different um, abilities which is awesome like I really like I really like that Um, so that's the team sprint it's a really fun event Um, it's also actually only just been changed um, in the last couple well few years post Tokyo um, to, to a three-woman event. So Team Sprint traditionally has been a two-woman event um, for a very long time, and they've uh, just changed it to be equal to the men. So that was something that I was really excited about, um, not only to be equal to the men in distance um, and amount of riders. It also um, allows us more opportunity to have more riders in the program. Um, but for me personally, it also means that I can jump into that third-wheel position, which is my favourite, especially with the um, endurance bit of background there so love that um the individual sprint is it's quite a hectic one and I have really struggled with it in the past because I've really just genuinely felt like I didn't know what was going on um (laughs) (laughs) wait so (laughs) it starts with a qualifying um which is 200 meters long um and there's a whole there's a whole process to winding up to that and it's it's actually really technical to sort of get yourself to the top speed by the 200 meter line um, and then hold that as best as you can to the finish. Um, can I ask a quick question? Yeah. How, how many meters is it around a, a lap? So if I'm so envisioning t- 200. 250 meters. So oh, okay. basically you're come, you're coming into the track and you're doing just a bit less than a lap um, okay. for the 200 meter time trial. Yeah. So that qualifies you and ranks you um, with all the other riders. And then from there, it's basically fastest versus slowest for however many qualify, usually 28, um, and you just ride off like that. So you keep going through the rounds, fastest versus slowest, um, until you're left with, you know, four riders for the finals, um, four, four riders for the semifinals, four riders for the finals, a gold and a bronze write-off. Um, and it's basically cat and mouse, first rider across the line. Um, for most rounds, it's the best of three rides. It's a little bit complicated. There's, there's lots to it, um, and it definitely took me a long time to feel confident in that event. Um, you really have to know the track. You have to know how to use the track, um, you know, how to get the most speed out of the track. So, yeah, that's that's a cool one. And, yeah. Are you focusing on, you know, I can hear you're talking about the track there too, but is there yeah. also, like, different uh, styles, I guess, on how people attack that? Like, are you also yeah. doing, like, profiling on your opposition and how they might yeah. take that? Yeah, for sure. And um, not only physically, but what sort of patterns they like to do, like, I guess that kind of links into why they are why they are who they are physically as well. But for example, one of my competitors sometimes she she likes to um, stick right hard on my wheel, and I know it's a pattern for her. So I have sort of um, I know what to do in that situation. So yeah, I guess you learn lots about the opposition's the opposition's sort of style and stuff as well. So yeah, it's important to to learn the track, but it's also important to know who you're riding. Um, obviously everyone has different strengths and weaknesses so playing to that is really really cool as well 
Okay, yeah, so that's so, the team sprint, the individual sprint. Yep. And then we've got this mad one that, like I yep. say, was invented for Japanese gambling. There's yeah. actually a motorcycle on the track yep. at the beginning. Yep. And everyone's just going full noise, no brakes. Yeah. Carnage. It's, Talk yeah, us through it, that one. <laughs> it's a really cool event. Um, I've loved it forever. Um, I really, really love the origin of the Karen. Um, it's actually slightly different, the Japanese Karen versus the um, – sort of one that's been adapted for Olympic um, event. Mm-hmm. The Japanese Karen are usually on outdoor tracks of, um, uh, you know, more uh, longer than 250 metres, um, and they don't have as much banking. They're all weather. So I saw a video the other day of Karen riders in Japan, literally in freezing, freezing cold. I think it was raining or snowing or something like that. And they're just in their Lycra, and they're, you know, riding around the track in Japan. So they're all weather. Um, they're going for it no matter what happens in Japan. So, it's really, really awesome. Um, they've got a circuit that has included international riders, um, but mainly mainly for the Japanese riders, there's big, big money if you're Japanese in that. So, um, it's yeah, it's all about the gambling, all about the betting. So, it's a really, really awesome sport, um, awesome event, uh, which I love. So, basically, there's six riders most of the time. Sometimes they add a seventh if there's you know, if the pool works out that way, you're seated at the track and you draw a number. So it's on an iPad and you pick your random little number. So, um, do you have a favorite number that you like to draw? I, I do kind of like, I like to draw in the middle ish mm-hmm. cause then you can kind of watch people in front of you know what's going on, but then watch people behind you as well. But I feel like the reality is you just have to deal with anything that you're, yeah. that you're given. So it's the same with the sprint. You draw either one or you draw two and then you swap around for the next ride, and then you draw again for the third if you have to do a third ride. So you, you have to know how to work yourself from every different angle. But, um, yeah, so all six riders go on the gun. There's a motorbike that starts and comes past all the riders. You stay in formation, um, and you stay in formation for for a lap, and you, you are allowed to move around, but it's not it's not common that people swap positions. Um, so usually for for the majority of the three laps, you're lined up in your in your sort of um, positions that you've drawn drawn off the cards, um, and then the motorbike pulls off, releases us, us at fifty k's an hour, and we just absolutely go for it from there for three laps. So yeah, it's it's quite a crazy event. It's really hectic. Um, it's so exciting and it's so fast and it's really tactical. So I went back and I watched it, the Commonwealth one, um, one again this morning, yeah. and it was again. Even though I knew what happened, yeah, it was so exciting. Yeah, to, to yeah. watch and yeah. like, like what you're saying, I guess is for me the part that's interesting, particularly just given the way that that track is like it's so steep, right? Yeah, and that there are no brakes, and so people are doing things full noise. Yeah, it is like risky the moves it's jostling right I guess it kind of looks like if you were imagining people if you've ever seen like NASCAR or cars going Mm. around in a circle and the way that people have to jostle there to try and get past yeah kind of like that but you're on a bike so if they clip you bad luck you're off yeah not you seem to like to you're confident enough to go like you go quite wide to get around yeah I think I like to just make sure that I'm in control, if that makes sense. Um, sometimes it's it's good to, to use other riders and it's good to not go full gas for three laps. Like that is absolutely horrible and really hard. But, um, you know, but doing that strategically and making sure that I, you know, have my future in my hands, you know, like I'm not trying to, trying to do anything stupid because it's easy to get boxed in. It's easy to do all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, avoiding that. I love 
sports because they man do they give you so many beautiful metaphors for life mm. things around you know a- attacking it and backing yourself and and um, yeah. trusting yourself to hold all of this type of stuff but you've got a big thing on the horizon obviously which is this olympic games yeah. is there a different energy that comes this time given that you're like you're not an unknown quantity not that you were mm. last time but that you are you come with a different type of i guess target on your back and yeah. how do you how do you manage that type of prep? You know, I, I got in fifth at, at World Champs in 2020. I'd ridden my way there. That was insane. Like I kind of just don't really know how that happened. But, um, you know, I made that happen for myself. And so looking at that, I, I thought I, ha- I had some potential. Um, but, it, but it wasn't that tried and tested. Leading into the Tokyo Olympics, I... I was really young, you know, for the for the Olympics that was supposed to be in 2020, I would have been 20 years old. Um, but in 2021, I was 21. So I hadn't had a whole lot of experience in sprinting as well, having only made the, sprit, the switch to sprinting at the start of 2019. So I'd had a, a year and a half, I guess, experience, a it's massive so chunk crazy. of that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry, two and a half, two and a half years yeah. of experience, but a massive chunk of that being um, COVID. So... Mm. There wasn't a lot of time for me to be out in the world, um, you know, experiencing different racing and all that kind of stuff. So I really just put my head down and trained um, as hard as I could. And so leading into the race, I knew that obviously I wanted to be going there to to get into the final and to absolutely put my best foot forward. Um, and I wanted to get on the podium. Um, I have that written down. That was a, a massive goal of mine. But in reality, like I had, I had only a tiny bit of information to sort of draw on to say this is actually possible Um, but going into Paris obviously I yeah do have a lot more experience under me at Worlds I got bronze in the individual sprint um, and that was just a massive win for me and I think you know I'm just so insanely happy with that from Worlds that I'm I'm actually really excited to carry that on um, and you know push for that and sort of contest for those medals pending selection the individual sprint um, and the Karen and the team sprint um, at um, Paris. So when you're saying selected, is this because there is an element like I came to understand in rowing where like your bike qualifies or is it yes. that you that, yeah, okay. Yeah, so how it works for, for us, for my team, is that we're trying to qualify and we're still on the qualification period now, the women's team sprint. And with that comes two individual spots um, for both the sprint and the Karen. We're looking solid in the team sprint. We just got a, a bronze medal in Adelaide um, before I crashed out, so that was great. Um, yeah, so we're, re- we're really happy about that. We've got one more event in uh, Hong Kong in four weeks' time, so crossing my fingers as much as I can that I can make it to the start line um, for that, but, again, taking it day by day. Um, yeah, so we've qualified the team. You know, we haven't qualified the people and same for the individual events we've qualified the spots we haven't qualified the people so there's a whole selection criteria around that that um that allows the selectors to to choose the you know two in the individual sense the two riders who are going to ride the sprint and the karen how does that vibe work between you all then like you know what i mean that you're yeah have to be really close i'm sure but then also like "Mm, that person's gonna take my spot type of thing yeah yeah how do you manage that um i think you know, we are really close. Um, and, you know, I'm, I'm definitely the one with the most experience in the team. Um, the others have sort of just started their international and individual debuts. Um, Sean Fulton has been injured um, for quite 
a while. So it's really exciting to see her sort of take the stage. Um, Rebecca made the switch from BMX to track cycling um, in late 2021, but only properly in 2022. So she's only sort of had a little bit of time to to, to um, have that experience in the individual events. And Olivia King's had, had some international experience as well in the individual events. So I, it is really, it is tough. Um, it, it goes off results. And I think the selection criteria is really clear. So I think that's the main thing is that for all of us, we can look at the selection criteria and we know exactly what we need to do to prove ourselves in those spots. Also, no one is better placed to understand it, right? Like yep. to understand the the joy for each other, but also the yep. disappointment for each other because yep, you know exactly. exactly what it is. Yeah, yep. we're all fighting for it, but at the end of the day, we all understand it. Um, and what will be, will be. <laughs> um, okay, we have a couple of questions that we ask everybody um, about their tuakana and their taina. So they're big and little sisters that have looked mm-hmm. after them in the sports. So I guess yeah, starting with your tuakana, you know, who was it that was, I guess, your big sister when you came in that you looked up to and you thought oh wow yeah yeah that's I love that question um I think you know I I have two different directions the first one being the endurance space um you know I have some awesome friends in that team I think it's quite hard to name them individually but sort of I'd like to say probably the team as a whole really looked after me as an individual little 18 year old coming on tour with them um that was really special um but in the sprint program and by name you know Liv looked after me so much um I came in at 19 years old um and she had a lot more experience than me so she was you know a massive guide for me um you know coming into the sport of sprinting you know we were two of the girls in the team we had some injured teammates we had some teammates who were training and racing overseas so quite often it was just us yeah that was Liv was my my guide through that through that period of time um which is really special um yeah and still looking after you now really yeah absolutely yeah Yeah, with you and all the races um and what about your Tana so the little sister that's maybe coming through that you're really excited for us all to get to see I, I would say Sean. Um, she is a sister to me. Um, she's a teammate, a sister, a friend, a best friend, you know, everything to me. And she has been since we were really young. You know, we've known each other since I was probably 14. Um, not 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 by name. I actually didn't know her name for a while. Um, <laughs> but I remember her. And then we raced together um, when we were really young, went to our, our junior worlds together. Um, and now we're together in the, the elite program and, that's a really, really special relationship, um, especially, you know, looking at her journey over the last um, couple of years with, with injury and, and setbacks. And so, yeah, she's a little sister um, and, you know, just an amazing, amazing friend to me. Oh, awesome. And then, of course, this podcast is called Alice's Soapbox because, as you know, Elise, I love climbing up on a soapbox and having yep. a go about things. If you, were gonna, <laughs> if you were going to climb up on a soapbox and make some noise for women in sport or for women in your sport, what would you want people to hear? I think um, one massive thing that I love to advocate for, um, not always publicly, but I love mm-hmm. to sort of help young girls or try and help young girls understand what it means to be strong and what it means to be really muscly and powerful um, because that was something I really really struggled with moving from endurance to sprint I gained so much muscle and with that obviously weight um, and with muscle gain comes fat gain that is just normal um, 
yeah, so I think that was a really, really hard thing for me, um, but such an awesome thing, you know, looking back. But as a young girl, you know, realizing what it meant to be muscly, what it meant to be really, really strong. So I think that's that's a massive thing that I would like to preach is that we we have such an awesome opportunity to do such special special thing with things with our bodies. Um, that means being really muscly. That means getting in the gym, getting really, really strong, getting really, really fit. So I think that's that's what I love to preach is that it's it's cool and it's so awesome to be so strong, powerful. Um, yeah, I I just love that. Um, and you know, I would really love for everyone to to love that about themselves. That's so important. Like the. Obviously, the one thing of like your body being a tool and so mm. being able to use that tool as best it can. But like, yeah. I remember when I first started doing weights, realizing just how many useful things I could do in my life. Yeah. Like yeah. just the, the practicalities of being strong was super yeah. handy. Like yeah. I remember the first time, this is such a funny thing. Mm. I remember the first time walking around in the supermarket, carrying a basket and not tipping. Yeah, and yeah, I was yeah, like, oh, yeah. I'm just yeah. walking straight. And I yeah. was like, oh, shoot. And like yeah. moving and being able to move the fridge. Yeah. Like I could move it with by myself. Yeah. And like yeah. the sense of independence, you know, and I think that's yeah. really important. 100%. And loving it when someone sort of tells you you might need a hand with that because it's too heavy. <laughs> don't you love that? Like, oh, you know, I'm like, don't you worry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's fine. But also, I imagine you're quite deceptively strong too, right? Like, yeah. I'm the, like, have you ever have you been at the gym yet? I love when this happens. Yeah. If I'm at the gym and I'm just doing whatever my sets yeah. are, and um, a dude next to me will see what I'm lifting and he'll start putting more on his yeah, thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then yeah. it's like, yeah, you're not ready yeah. for this, my mate. Yeah, like, no, I know exactly what you mean. Or sometimes, like for us, because one of my main lifts um, in the gym is uh, hip thrust, mm. and so. Being in a public gym, I'm like, how do I set this up? Because obviously yeah. in our gyms, like, I, I have my usual setup and all that kind of stuff. But I'm like, this is really hard. Like, you grab all this equipment and then try and yeah. chuck all this weight on a bar. We'll and I need room. to find a yeah. pad. Hopefully they've yeah. got a pad. And then, <laughs> yeah, so I do find it very interesting doing that in a public gym. But, um, yeah, for sure, for sure. It's the same from deadlifts are often one, I think, that men underestimate how much um, women can lift. Like, yeah, we're, 100%. We're, we're quite good at those yeah. um, types of lifts, and they're always yeah. like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deadlifts are always yeah. like, don't come for me, yeah. bro. I'm yeah. gonna. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it also can be really deceiving for me as well because, like, in my upper body, I'm, yeah. I'm strong, but my, my legs and, you know, my glutes, that's where all the power is in cycling. So I need to be strong and stuff, and I probably need to be stronger and stiffer up here but you know I love to wear dresses um and so quite often like this is what's showing and then often I'm just wearing really long flowy dress so it's like really deceiving that I'm my legs are muscly at all yeah. I'm just sort of hiding away under there and then it's like bam there she is secretly jacked I I yeah. have to say just again I'm, again I'm taking on a slight ta um, tangent for us here but like watching the um photos that came out of the Halbergs um, I was obsessed. I think that muscles are the ultimate accessory because yes. everyone who was pulling them out, I'm not sure if you saw the photo of Val when she had oh, both I guns I, did, up. And I, did. I was like, yeah. oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. We all want Lisa Carrington shoulders. Like, oh, this yeah. is. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Or carbs and heels when oh. they just like are activated because you're wearing heels. <laughs> 
Exactly. But this is the thing I think is is hopefully like with more visibility of people such as yourself, but also mm. the range of different sports that people play, understanding too the range of different strong bodies and what they can all look like and that yeah. that that ultimately helps all of us, eh? Yeah. 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 I've got Absolutely. some um rapid fire questions to finish with, my dear friend. Great. Um, thank you so much for spending this time with me today. Very stressful question for you out the gate, which is TikTok or Instagram? Instagram. There you go. That's where you'll find her. Yeah. Um, beach or mountains? Oh, that's actually a really hard one. I can't quick fire <laughs> that. I love, I'm going to say mountains and lakes and rivers. I love okay. that. Okay. Not a fan of the sand. Um <laughs> Would you rather wake up super rich or super fit? Super fit. I think that's important. You know, yeah. that's power. That yeah. is money. <laughs> yeah, you can't buy that health, hey? Yeah. Um, now, who is uh, – what is your favorite, like, sport, I guess, that you haven't played? Your favorite sevens. team or, or – Blackfins. Everybody yeah. loves the Blackfins sevens. Yeah. What about game day superstitions? Do you have any? Uh, no. I I don't, but we do have a team sports bra that we wear on team sprint day, and it's pink. <laughs> Hold on. Is this a sisterhood of the traveling boobs, or are we, like, all having our own individual? <laughs> we have our own individual one. We are different okay. sizes. Okay. That's cute, though. I like that. Yeah, we love it. <laughs> um, what is a sporting event that you most want to attend as a fan? As a fan, I would love – I went to the Commonwealth Games um, 2018 athletics as a fan and I loved that that was just insane to me anything I do not mind athletics <laughs> all of the above okay <laughs> what song are you going to add to our match day playlist I don't know I don't know if this is my usual match day playlist but um, at the Hellbergs on Wednesday Stan Walker performed and I loved his song I am and I think it, it feels really empowering. So actually, I'm going to add that one because it's probably not one that I listen to right away going to the start line, although I could. I'd, I'll try it out. I'll try it out. But um, <laughs> the use of today on in that song is amazing um, and the whole vibe of it is amazing. Love it. Te Reo Māori is a beautiful language to be sung. It's like there is, you know, so many um, beautiful things, but that work of um, – Oh my goodness, her name is jumping out of my head. Dame, is it Henny Moore who um, who had done the um, work with the Waiata anthems mm. over the last couple of years around um, during Te Reo Māori week, Te Wiki or Te yes. Reo Māori, um, yeah. has brought so much more Waiata into my life and is so so joyful. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, yeah. Amazing. Got to have him on there. Yeah. And then finally, Elise, the last question for you is, what is the least athletic thing you did this week? This week? Most of the time I was in my bed. Um, I was <laughs> recovering. So I feel like in my bed, just doing not much at all. I've been reading my book quite a lot. Um, you know, with the concussion, I was trying to keep off my screen. So, um, yeah, I was I was reading a book quite a lot and I feel like, not doing a lot of exercise for obvious reasons. So I'd say that would be the most unathletic week that I've had in quite a while. Very restful. <laughs> Enjoy the downtime because it's going to be yeah. all on. Yeah, exactly. Not long now. <laughs> oh, thank you so much, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure. No, thank you. 
A massive thank you once again to Elise for joining us. We'll be wishing her the best in a speedy recovery and hoping to cheer her on in Paris at these next Olympic Games. If you want to cheer her on today, though, head over to Women's Sports. I'll see you in the comments section.